Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, and Mr. Jamie Rivers. Jamie, what's going on, dude? How much? Just uh, enjoying the wonderful day outside. The sun is shining. It's so beautiful and cool. Yeah, oh, absolutely. What happened from yesterday to today? Uh, because yesterday I was walking around basically uh, jeans, T-shirt, maybe a quarter zip. Left the show last night. I was like, ooh, things are changing. Yeah, but- Woke up this morning and it was, uh, yeah, things have changed. Dude, we didn't have any fall. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was there was no fall this year. And that's, you know, I don't want to start picking a fight with Mother Nature, but I really like yeah, fall. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You get her ass kicked every time. Okay, so Saturday night. Uh, Mary and I, I mean, Saturday and Friday night, Friday night, Mary and I were out and about. We went and saw The Urge uh, over at the pageant, their mm-hmm. their normal Thanksgiving uh, show. And went to say hello to the guys before the show, which I always do. And Jerry Jost, who is a guitar player for The Urge, whose family has a long history of hockey in yep, St. Louis. I know his family very well. Uh, went on to compliment the podcast and talk about how much he loves listening to it. And that he, you know, enjoys the personality of both of us. And it just brings to mind, we have got to get those guys in for the podcast. Let's do it. So, I believe Jerry's son has come to a couple of Synergy Hockey Camps. Oh, right on. Yeah, because I met Jerry. Man, I've met him so many times. But over the years, like way back, obviously the urge has been around forever. Right. And I've been here since 1993. So, figure it out. (laughs) We've crossed paths (laughs) on several different occasions. And... uh, Showed up to sign up his kid, and I was like looking at him, and he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" I'm like, "Oh my god!" You know, like, <laughs> so it's cool. So no, huge hockey fan. Um, I would love, just love to have all of or any of those guys on here. Yeah, because I would love for Jerry to tell us the extent 
of his family and CBC Hockey because I think that it's well, his CBC royalty, Donnie. Absolutely, uh-huh. but I'm pretty I sure. I believe there's a rule in the bylaws that when you see a Jost on campus, you must kneel and kiss their <laughs> ring. <laughs> pay, them the, pay them the respect. I mean, it's fine print, mind you, and I've got bad eyes, but still. Dude, it was it was so wonderful getting a chance to see them too, man, because um, they just – they sounded great as they always do, but man, that crowd was in for the party on Friday night. <laughs> like well, this, the whole performance thing has been screwy since the pandemic, and um, so I feel bad for these guys and certainly their fans that they they don't get on a regular basis to see them kind of do their thing. Last time I saw the urge was a Stanley Cup party. Was Sean Farrell? Yeah, at the pageant, uh, Sean Farrell. Yep. Uh, and I, I rolled up to the pageant and walked in, and there's Farrell on stage with the urge, and he's holding the cup way up high. I was like, son of a batch of biscuits. It was an awesome night, man. It was great. Dude, and seeing those guys with pictures with the cup is one of my very favorite oh, things yeah. ever, man, because those are, I mean, hockey fans absolutely through and through. Uh, I wanted to ask you specifically about something that I don't know about, uh, but first I want to mention a toast to Jeff coming up mm. on Tuesday night over at the pageant. There are still tickets available. We really just hope to see you there. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to give it the mention. Mm-hmm. That's all. You should. Um, and you should be there, too. If you're listening to this, you should be there and bring a friend. I mean, come on. This is the time to do it. Everybody talks about... Oh, I, I love Jeff, and he was my favorite. Show up, then. Yeah. Show up. I mean, Blue October, The yeah. Urge, Cavo, Greek Fire, um, and Modern Day Zero all performing. We'll be there, Donnie. We'll be there yeah. as well. And actually, man. Anthony Stalter will be there. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of us that, that are going to be there. So hopefully we'll a see folks there. A lot of high celebrities. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. What are you guys doing with this Fastlane t-shirt thing? Because I want one of your t-shirts. And I think I want one of BT's, too, to be very honest with yeah. you. Yeah. No, yeah, they're yeah. awesome. It's funny because BT and I... I think Matthew Chambers hates us. Um, not really, but I think maybe. Because we've criticized some T-shirts that have come through in the past. And uh, one of the companies that I'm a part of is a advertising and distributorship. And so we we sell T-shirts as well. And I always get, like, the nice, soft T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. Form-fitting. Like, they make you feel nice. Like, you feel sexy when you put them on. Donnie. Well, you do, man, because you got muscles. But anyway, go ahead. Even when I didn't. Even though it was just a bag of milk, I still felt <laughs> sexy, okay? Um so Brad and I had a literally had a hand in picking the T-shirts that would represent our jerseys. And so what 101 ESPN has done, along with the Little Bit Foundation and Tracy Bibb from the Bibb Agency, is uh, they've sponsored, you know, the 12 days of T-shirts or whatever. And uh, so you can order a blue one with 101 on the front and Rivers and number six on the back, mm-hmm. which was my number playing for the Blues. Or you can order a red one with the 101 logo and then Thompson 48 on the back. Uh, we're hoping that, you know, it's not a competition by any means. It's yeah. not like who can sell more. We're just hoping people like, you know what? I'll donate 50 bucks and get them both yeah. and wear them around. You know, BT and I, this is not a bragging rights thing. This is a let's raise money thing for the Little Bit Foundation. They do a great job over there. You visit their website uh, and see everything they do. But it's just kids who are underprivileged that. You know, we take for granted that our kids have pencils and books and lunches and just things like that. And there's a lot of the kids in the world who are trying to go to school, trying to get an education and try to better themselves. They don't have any of those things. So a little bit foundation helps out with that stuff. And 
So we're selling T-shirts over at 101ESPN.com. Get on there, buy a Rivers, buy a Thompson, buy them both, whatever floats your boat. Take pictures in them, send them to us, tag us. It's a yeah. good thing. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I, I, I absolutely love that idea. And then also, one thing before we get to, the, um, to, to Blues hockey, but also I know that it gets to be a busy time of the year for you because you've got some synergy hockey stuff going on too. Yeah, we've got three different holiday camps coming up. We've got one at Centene. Uh, we've got one at the Ice Zone, which is the Mills Mall, and we have one at the Afton Ice Arena. And it's two days, uh, an hour and a half on the ice each day. You get out there, and we work on skills top to bottom. We have a defense and a battle clinic going on. So a lot of kids at this time of the year, their teams don't play games or they don't go on tournaments because it's so close to the holidays. Don't mm-hmm. inconvenience anybody. Well, the kids are sitting there going, okay, well, we need to keep getting better. Or the parents are like, hey, my kids really love to play hockey. They'd like to get a little bit more. So with Synergy Hockey, man, we've got some great coaches. What's unbelievable is we have great, great coaches in the summertime because we have all of our guys back from wherever they're coaching or playing in the uh, in the off season, and at Christmas time or holiday time, we get those guys back. So it's really exciting right now because we're going to have a really great group of coaches to put the kids through the paces, and we always have a great time. We throw on some music. Last year we threw on holiday music for the second session of it, and the kids are practicing and jingle bells is going. <laughs> like it's awesome, man. We have a great time. I, you know what I love, man. I lo- and I've said this to you before, but I love so much knowing how important the fun aspect of it is to you guys, the coaches as well. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you obviously want to get better. You want to make them better it has players. To be. If a kid is miserable out on the ice, okay, not every. Hang on. News flash to all our listeners. Okay, get a pen. Write this down. All right, I got it. Not every kid will play in the NHL. Bam. I said it. Whoa. I said it. Oh, God. I said it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're messing up a lot of future I just players, ruined some man. dreams, didn't I? <laughs> it's a fact. Not every kid plays in the NHL. Not every kid plays at a high level. Some kids don't even play competitive hockey, but they love playing hockey. Why do we ruin that? I can take a kid who has no interest in playing competitive hockey and make them better while they have a great time on the ice. And it's just, it's about knowing the kid, knowing the skill set, and you you work on the fundamentals, and then you have some fun with it. Well, but it's just crazy to me because when I was growing up, it just was it just was not oh that. i know me too <laughs> you, know, you know man yeah, it, me too. it, it was, was like, not uh, it, the fun part was no it, it was not something the coaches would ever say if you were having fun again, it's because you wanted to be there but you again, know? that's recognition yeah right so if i see a kid or if a kid that comes to the camps or to, to our lessons that's a triple a hockey player they're they're in it like their parents are paying big bucks and this kid is obviously at the top of the food chain when it comes to talent at his age bracket or her age bracket. So you change your curriculum and you change the vibe a little bit. But at the end of the day, like, I still have fun because mm-hmm. being successful and, and working hard should be fun. And so when you have small successes throughout a practice or a drill, those should be complimented and celebrated. And I do the same thing with my NHL guys that I work with because they're so intense that sometimes it's not easy. And then when they do it and you hoot and holler with them and you laugh and joke, it's like, this is great. This is why I love playing hockey. So it, to me, it's just having an awareness of when to push, how to correct, and then when to have fun. Man, that's really awesome. Well, where can they go if they want to find out more? Yeah, SynergyHockeySkills.com. Again, that's SynergyHockeySkills.com. Get on there. Get under camps. Uh, we just had our Black Friday camp, which is a massive success. 
And now we got uh, three different holiday camps coming up. You're not going to want to miss them. Heck, you can get online right now and buy them for your hockey player and put them in a stocking, a little stocking stuffer, a little gift certificate, and they know that they're going to a hockey camp. Fantastic. Okay, I got a bunch of stuff to ask you here, and obviously the Blues and the Canes uh, are tonight. But the first thing that I wanted to ask you about was this alarming story about Chris Letang in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So he apparently had a stroke. Yeah. Do you know more about this or, or, or what led to it? And is this is the first time that I can remember hearing of an active athlete having a, having a stroke. Yeah. Um, apparently he had a mini stroke in 2014 too. Whoa. Now, you know how these things are. Like if you have an irregular heartbeat throughout the day, if they go throw you on the EKG, it is classified as a stroke. You had like something that happened. Okay. Okay. Something, something not right here. Now, any um, doctors listening right now, if I'm explaining this wrong, don't torture me. <laughs> right. I'm not a doctor. Doing the best he can. I'm not even trying to play one, okay? <laughs> right. And I'm just doing the best I can through this. But from what I gather, he had another episode, don't know the gravity of it, and they had to shut him down. It's it's wild, man. It's wild. That is so scary. He just signed an eight-year extension, too. So this is a little bit, um, shouldn't say... If we're talking business, uh-huh. it's concerning to the Penguins. If we're talking life, it's concerning to the athlete and his family. Man, that's just so scary. Again, when you see that happen to somebody that, you know, I know he's a little bit of an older player, but still, yeah, no, he's, he's in his 30s, yeah. late 30s for the love of Mid-30s, yep. All right, so um, I kind of got the general sense with the Robert Thomas injury that the Blues might have avoided, like, a big thing. Yeah, there. I'm trying to figure out what the heck they're talking about. When I watch, but you know what I'm talking about, yeah, though, right? I, I, I've seen the 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 the, 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 I, the play. I'm like kind of figured out. Only thing I think I was at the lucky he didn't uh, like do something to his ankle, like a high ankle sprain or a knee, and maybe just tweak something instead. I don't know. Again, mm-hmm. I have no idea at all. I'm spitballing here right now. But if uh, if what they say is true, which obviously we believe it is. And yeah, they avoided a big problem. Boy, and they, they definitely, you could see his presence lacking there on Monday night as well. Yeah, you know, you did, but the same token, it wasn't a horrible game. Right. Like, I listen to some people and they're just like, oh, it's so sloppy. And it's, Watch both teams. That's but, what happens when you have two teams that check pretty well, that are pretty, um, pretty comparable as far as their talent is concerned. It, it can be choppy. It, it's not always a work of art. But you hung with that team until the very end of the game, and you probably should have even had a better outcome based on the number of opportunities you had as a club. Now, only five shots on net in the third period. That'll screw you over every Mm -hmm. time. But I don't know. I I looked. I watched the game a couple different times. I looked at it very differently than some people and saw different things than what other people saw. But Robert Thomas being back to the lineup for the Blues it's never a bad thing. Yeah, one of the people in the NHL that I dislike a lot, but I've got to give respect to, is Sour Face, uh, sour, uh, face Pete over there in Dallas, the head coach. What is it about... You know okay, let me stop for a second. I, it was actually going to be a positive question, though, that I asked, but he does look like he has a sour okay, face so, all of the but time. But that's why I wanted to stop you right there. Okay. If this is a medical condition, I'm going to feel like a total jerkwad. Okay, it's a medical condition? Oh, God. No, I'm just kidding. Dude... <laughs> <laughs> I would have really felt terrible. No, no. I used to think the same thing about Pete DeBoer. Yeah. And when he was coaching San Jose, and then Joe Thornton was playing there, and Jumbo Joe was my roommate when we played with the Bruins together, and so I went down to say hi to Joe. 
And I asked him, I go, what's DeBoer like? You know, and he's like, oh, Petey's awesome. And then I talked to him, and they loved him. Yeah. They're like, this guy is great. And then I got to talk to Pete DeBoer uh, on the fast lane. We talked to him when he signed Alex Petrangelo. Because that was a big deal. Yeah. Final, hey, what do you see, like him? He was awesome. He was a great dude to talk to. So not a great first impressions if you just look at somebody, yeah. which is why we shouldn't do that, Donnie. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, as a society, we need to be better. <laughs> I'm guilty of it, too. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so go on with your question. No, I, it, I just wanted to kind of set the. No, absolutely so. And I feel like, you know, we talk about from time to time how some coaches shouldn't get another shot, i.e. maybe like a John Tortorella or something like that. But Pete DeBoer seems like a guy that is just missing the opportunity at the right time. He seems to be a really, really tremendous coach. Am I right in saying that he's a bit of a different kind of rehire than what we've seen in the NHL before? Yeah, look, so Pete has done an incredible job of being ahead of the game when he first came in and then staying up to pace with the game while he's in the NHL. Where a lot of guys don't. They fall off to the wayside. They don't evolve. They're not willing to change how they change coach or change systems or look at different styles of players. Like it's tough. It's just like anything else. When you run a company or you run a team or you run whatever, you're like, This is the way I got here, this is the way I do it, and I don't know, I don't care about that. I don't care. But if I'm watching the guy beside me, I'm not paying attention to myself. You know, that whole mm-hmm. and I get it, but there still has to be a certain amount of flexibility towards evolution. And uh, evolution of the game, rather. Let me specify that because evolution. Boy, we could talk forever about that. Anyways. <laughs> we don't need to go there in this podcast. Don't need to go there, no. And we probably wouldn't be able to talk very long about it, to be <laughs> no. honest. But Pete DeBoer is a guy that has done a great job of that. Uh, he's gotten two different teams to the Stanley Cup final. He's had a couple of uh, conference championships and conference finals, rather. He's doing a great job with this team right now. And so, this is a good Dallas team, too, aren't they? So what, what Jim Nill has done in Dallas is, is quite impressive. And Jim Nill, by the way, he was the assistant GM in Detroit for eons. Think of the best Detroit Red Wings teams throughout the, the 90s and whatnot, early 2000s. Jim Nill was the assistant GM there with Ken Holland. He was. And he could have had a GM job 10 times over. But he kept turning it down because he loved being in Detroit. And obviously, you know. Detroit was winning. Right. We were winning when I was there. He's like, I love Jim Nell. Former St. Louis Blue. Married a St. Louis girl. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's an awesome dude. You don't want to meet him in a dark alley, I'll tell you that much. He doesn't look like much, but he'll rip your face off. Um, <laughs> I will keep that in mind, although I doubt that it, that Jim and I will have that kind of interaction. And if he did, he would be the nicest man ever. Sure. Yeah, because I, when I met him, I was like... Oh my god, that's just the nicest. He reminded he reminded me of Ned Flanders. Oh, like, howdy diddly do there, neighbor. <laughs> Oakley dokley. Yeah, like, and I'm like, oh, that's great. And then, then some of the older guys in the Red Wings, like that guy was a killer. <laughs> and he's like, you go back to YouTube and you're watching Jim Neal going toe to toe with guys like punching the face contest. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I didn't see that coming at all. But back on track, Jim Neal has done a fantastic job of building that team. You know, he took some heat because he. He made the focus Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan, which he should have. And then he had Ben Bishop. Boy, was Ben Bishop good for that team. Yeah. That was kind of it. Then he, he went and got a franchise defenseman because that's what he was used to in Detroit. Go get me a stud, right? And it was Klingberg at the time. And now it's Heiskinen. And it's, but now he's added some youth to that lineup. And so the Robertson kid, he's an absolute stud, leading the NHL in goals. Dude, that, right now. that unbelievable player. He brought in another great leadership guy in Joe Pavelski. 
He just has a lot of these complementary styles of play and pieces in play, and they all have the same attitude of, we're going to go win. That's a team that's going to be tough to deal with in the Western Conference, <sighs> barring injury and barring some right. kind of a drop-off and, you know, whatever. They look good right now. And they look like a team that's made to make a deep playoff oh, run, they too. they got all the they? elements. they got speed, they got skill, they got size, they got toughness. What What... Pick your poison. Which way would you like to play today? Yeah. And they got the goaltender, Jake Ottinger. He didn't play the other night. He got ill or whatever, but then Wedgwood stepped in and still almost pitched a shutout. So he's done a great job with that team. We'll get back to the Last Minute Blues podcast in just a second. But one of our proud sponsors uh, is Crestwood Dental Group and Dr. James Maxwell. Dr. Maxwell uh, has been taking care of my family's teeth for, uh, I guess, probably five, six years now. Uh, I went to Dr. Maxwell with just a bunch of different issues. And one by one, uh, we've worked them out and worked through it. And I used to absolutely hate going to the dentist's office. I was scared of it, as a matter of fact. I don't have that anymore. Dr. Maxwell and his team are great to me, to my family, and they're going to be the same way for you and your family. Located off of Watson Road in Crestwood, uh, give them a call. If you need a new dentist, maybe you don't love the dentist that you have, uh, Dr. Maxwell and his staff are going to take absolutely unbelievably great care of you. 314-463-5655. 314-463-5655. It's Dr. James Maxwell and Crestwood Dental Group. Find them online at crestwooddental.com. Talk about these Carolina Hurricanes, dude. I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> well, that's not really how the podcast really works. I mean, like, what do you mean? I'm supposed country, to ask you questions Donnie. and then you answer the questions. And even if they're stupid, you tell me that they are, but you still progress with them. Listen, Donnie, I know I'm Canadian. Okay, but I was sold on the American dream, and part of that was uh, it's a free country. Okay, I was told I didn't have to speak about certain things if I didn't want to. I just want to know if they're good or not. I just want to know <laughs> how tough the game's going to be. I'm just trying to move it along, Jamie. That's all I'm trying to do. I don't want to talk about them only because they're good. Yeah, and uh, I remember watching them. I had the privilege last year doing a game from between the benches, and one of those games was against the Carolina Hurricanes. I couldn't believe how fast and aggressive they were. And what I mean by aggressive is not like in your face, finishing checks and fighting. Every time you turn around and you have the puck, bam, there's somebody there. They're in your face. They're taking away time and space and gapping up. Rod Brendamore has done a fantastic job with that hockey club. They play fast. They play hard. They compete. They check hard defensively. That's a really good hockey club. It's going to be a huge test for the Blues. And, and Brett Burns is there now. I would completely forgotten about that. Yeah, they. Uh, it, it, it's weird because that owner is all about – it's almost like the Tampa Bay Rays in, in the baseball realm of Don't things. want to spend any money. Don't really want to spend any money on anything. Yeah. And we'll just kind of keep getting young talent and build it. Mm-hmm. Well, they did that. But now in the last couple of years, they've added a couple of pieces. You can tell that maybe Rod Brendamore's kind of gotten his ear. Maybe a bit and say, hey, couple pieces here. We're not far off. Right. And so they – they kind of opened up the wallet in the offseason. They went and traded for Max Pacioretty, uh, who he will be back at some point this year. I think he uh, tore his Achilles, which is a horrible injury to have. And then they got Brent Burns, too. So both these guys are like $8 million players, which is unheard of for the Hurricanes in the last handful yeah. of years because Tom Dundon, the owner there, is just about, no, nope, we don't need to spend. Heck, he's the guy who fired all his scouts. Pretty much, I shouldn't say he fired them all. He trimmed the fat on some of his scouting staff and then makes them scout from home in their homes. Oh. They don't go to the rink anymore. Jamie, that doesn't sound like a good idea. It doesn't, but Donnie, here's the crazy thing They're about winning. It. 
they have several different games that they can watch in one night rather than traveling to a city. The, the owner looks at it at the expense of the travel, the per diem, the hotel room, and then this guy sees one game. Well, what if I just pay him the same, take away all the costs, and he can watch three games in a night? And he has access to the video program, so where he can clip something and send it to the coaching staff, send it to the GM, send it to the owner. Like, okay, well then, you know what, Jamie? You tell me that. Is is that a, a, an? Just tell me what you think of that idea. So I'm okay, Donnie. No one's ever asked me that. Uh, well, um, but just because I'm thinking, like, I, I'm starting to crap on the idea, but then as I am, I'm like, well, maybe that's not a bad idea. So here's where I am with it. I think if you're going to, let's take a. A thousand foot view from it, okay? Okay. I think you look at it and go, that's great. Now, the next layer of if you're scouting a team or a player, whatever you're scouting in particular, next step is you got to get in the building. Okay. So you watch and you identify certain tendencies because honestly, if they're scouting from the aspect of systems and things like that, it's way better to watch them on TV. You can pause it. You can you can go back. You can look. You can rewind. You can all that stuff. You're like, okay, I have a pre-scout that is gold. <laughs> Send. Here you go, guys. This is what to expect tomorrow night or the night after. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're scouting players that you could possibly acquire, then you start to, you know, you build a little bit of a portfolio on each player. And then when it gets close to the wants and needs of the team and the possibilities, boom, here's a plane ticket. Get on a plane. You're going to watch that guy for three games straight. Okay. Well, see, then that makes sense to me. Yeah. I, But there is something. So I, this is where I'm torn. There is something as well to physically being in the building. I can tell you that right now just from, and it's crazy, but just from being on the broadcast where I travel with the Blues here recently, I see so many guys that I played against and with, and the information that is exchanged from person to person while you're talking to these guys, it's really invaluable. Mm-hmm. It's little tidbits, little information, or I saw this, or five games ago I saw this, and hey, I know he's nursing this, and like things you you don't get from a television. Sure. You don't get that. So you may waste, that's where I look at it and go, maybe you've wasted then a week of man hours on a certain player, and then you go and watch him, and you get the dialogue, and you see that he's injured, or he's doing this, or he's dealing with that, or it hasn't been the same, because you're not in the building, you're not talking to people. So there's this yeah. push and pull I think there's somewhere in the middle there's a happy medium to it. I think that the scouting from home is good for, uh, from the first layer of it, but then everything after that, I think the in-person, in the building, and just talking to people. People will give you information because not everybody's coveting the same player. Sure. So, And it's not always negative information. They might give you nuggets of greatness, like, hey, nobody knows this, but watch him do this or watch this guy. Do, and you're like, holy crap, okay, yeah. Never saw that before. I'll be darned. That's so fascinating to me, man. And I always wonder when I go to sporting events if I have good seats. I'm always looking around to see if somebody looks like they're writing stuff down or taking notes or something along those, those lines. Those guys Just, are all the way up top. I guess that would make way more sense. They used to sit. Some guys used to sit in the crowd. Like I remember watching when I was playing junior hockey. You'd look up and you'd see the guy with the clipboard. I'm like, okay. And then you'd see like two or three or four. And in my draft year, things were going pretty good for me. I remember seeing like a row of people with just like all their stuff. And so it's kind of like you could pick them out, you know? Yeah. Now they're all up at the top and you can't pick them out anymore. Man, 
What a gig. God, I wish I knew more about sports. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, talk about an amazing thing to do. All right, so Blues and Carolina tonight. Uh, it is also Hockey Fights Cancer Night. So uh, Yeah, F cancer, by the way. What? F cancer. Oh, I thought you said I have cancer, by the way. And no. I was like, oh my God, what? No. Well, I don't think I do. I hope I don't. Um, but no, not that F cancer. Yeah, man. Bleep cancer. What, however, ver- whatever version you want of it. It's that. Okay. I, I'm just curious, real quick, off the top of your head, and I'm going to go first. How cancer has affected you in your family? My grandma, grandpa, great grandpa, my grandma on my mom's side, Jeff, our mutual friend Greg Bo is still fighting cancer right now, getting chemotherapy every month. I mean, it's it's. It's. I mean, it's been all over. It's direct, man. My dad obviously passed away this year. Jeff passed away this year. Uh, my aunt has passed away from breast cancer. Friends of the family. Uh, my grandmother had cancer. Like, it's just awful, man. Dude, just awful, man. We. I mean, it is literally one of those things. And that's just where, direct family. That's right. It's not friends. It's not. It's, and it's like, what sucks about cancer, it, it, as in most of these horrible things, is it's the people close to you too. Like your friends, then you feel the impact for their family, and it's just like it, it just sucks all the way around. I, uh, my, my great grandfather, Holly, was a big, bruising German fella, you know, probably 260, 270. Big, big barrel belly, loved his Budweiser beer. And I remember my mom and dad taking me to Barnes to see him oh, yeah. after he had gotten sick. And I, so I hadn't seen him in a couple of months. Mm hmm. My man, he it was it was half of my grandpa Hall. Unrecognizable, right? It, it was brutal, man. And he's still trying to make the jokes and all the whole thing. And you're just like, this is terrible. So whatever we can do to help raise funds, raise awareness, anything that we can do to, and it, I mean, at all. Well, one thing that people can do, we'll remind him again, get to the Jeff Burton toast. Absolutely. On the 6th. Get there. Because the, all of the funds are going to, what, Kids Rock Cancer? Kids Rock Cancer and Jeff's family. And Jeff's family. Like split, <laughs> splitting 50-50. You always wonder, how can I directly help the family? I know I've said that a million times because you're always like, I don't want to go through 27 layers of like, no, you, you show up on Tuesday and whatever's going on, buy a drink, buy a t-shirt, buy whatever, just donate. And that money goes to Kids Rock Cancer, which Jeff was a massive supporter of. Massive. Even before he was diagnosed with anything. He was a big supporter of Kids Rock Cancer. And then you could also help the Burton family. So there you go. You always wonder, how do I help? There you go. Right now you have a direct pipeline to help somebody here locally. We were uh, we were bowling last weekend. Uh, I was bowling with the Riz Show guys. And on the team in the lane next to us uh, was Jeff Burton's uh, nephew. Oh, wow. And... Jeff Burton's nephew talks smack a lot like Jeff, and it was so heartwarming to he- to hear it, you know. And uh, and he looks a lot like Jeff too, so it was just like this, you know, sort of Uh-oh. sort of crazy thing. But we'll see Julie out and about on Tuesday night. I'm I sure Julie and the girls her, will be man. out there. I'm going to be honest about something. Um, I follow or I'm friends with with Jeff's health updates on Facebook. I have a hard time. Yeah. I I have a hard time. Let me let me please ex- explain what I'm saying. I can't even imagine what she goes through. Yeah. And at Thanksgiving time and it was just wow. It was very eye-opening. I just still have my days 
where I almost still don't believe it. I still expect to see his dumb ass in here. Yeah. Like, or texting me or sending me a picture of something that he shouldn't be sending me a picture of. Yeah. And things like that. Yeah, I... I still, I have those days, dude. It's and it's the like, uh, and and I called him like, uh, like before he passed. I called him like my favorite idiot a couple of times, uh-huh. and I mean that in the most loving way at all humanly possible. Because, and you know this, dude, he would just send you the silliest thing, like it about what he was making, about what he was doing, about something that he saw, and you would go, I can't believe that this is a grown ass <laughs> man, and I'm laughing as hard as I am, man. But he just had that. <laughs> You know, man, I just know that I haven't laughed as much since he passed. I know that there's something I want to do that I just haven't been able to to get through it yet. Is going back to text messages from Jeff. Yeah. And there was a certain time of day where, let's just say, my man, um, he was feeling good about himself. Absolutely. He would go home from the show and yep. maybe have a bite to eat, maybe mm-hmm. a little nap, and then... Um, you know, yep. indulge, mm-hmm. put fill in the blank. Yep, and then the texts would start coming. Yeah, so man. like between two and like four thirty in the afternoon, the text messages that came from Jeff were awesome. Yeah. And then I'd get one follow up like the next morning or later that night. Oh man, I'm sorry about that text, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I'd tell you, man, when uh, when I when I saw him the last time, um, I went over there with our friend Anthony mm-hmm. uh, who moved to Buffalo. And um, Jeff Jeff brought us out onto the deck to show us the deck in his view. Because you know, man, you know he loved that deck. Uh, yeah. He loved going on that deck and having a drink and smoking a cigar. Having his, his drink, yeah. And, and, um, and we got to go out there and sit on that deck with him, man. And, like, I honestly feel like that meant something to him that we were out there with him mm-hmm. doing it. Of course it did. You it's know? one of his favorite things in the world. And the fact that he got to share that with you guys in that moment. It's huge. huge. Man. God, I miss that idiot so much. <laughs> well, I have those memories on Tuesday night at a toast for Jeff. For our homeboy, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, Donnie Fandango, as always. Thank you so much for listening to the Last Minute Blues podcast. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details.